This is a Rooster Teeth production. They spelled my name E-R-I-C-K. I didn't notice that. I don't know that I've ever met an E-R-I-C-K. I know, I guess I must have. But I know a lot of, I know some E-R-I-Ks. There are E-R-I-Ks, but that's like, it feels rare to, E-R-I-C-K is very weird. I, everywhere, I don't think I ever have my name spelled right. Not just my first name, my last name spelled right anywhere I go. I don't know that I could spell your last name right right now. Try. B-A-D-O-U-R. Good job. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, B-A-U. B- B-A-U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Everyone well, does that. Listen, I'm a... I, uh, I, I, I sympathize. I've been a G Jeff my entire life. Yeah. It was an ab, the first day of school was an absolute <laughs> tragedy in seven parts every year. Cause every class it was G off Godfrey. I got Godfrey so much. How? Why? And it's like, there's no D. There's Why no, there's there not be? even, yeah. The, the EO doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't make a D <laughs> sound. Right. I got, uh, I got Gary a few times. That's insane. I got the worst I ever got was my tenth grade biology t- biology teacher. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Miss McCoy. She I've told some stories about her in the past in other places. She called me Guilford. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, tenth grade. I got called Guilford, and that became a nickname. Wow. Uh, it didn't make it outside the tenth grade, but for a no, while. No, I mean, yeah, I know. I get that. That makes sense. Um, Gil. Oh. My my last name was Fink back then too, right? Oh, right, right. Which I fucking hated. You're- so uh, not only did she, I forgot about this. Not only did she get turned Jeffrey into Guilford, uh-huh. she turned Fink into Furk. So I was Guilford Furk. What the fuck? Yeah, that Furk might be an improvement though on Fink. It's uh, definitely an improvement. So I, I get kudos to that part. Man, that's crazy. So <sighs> we're in Anaheim. Uh, this is like a bonus episode thing because yeah. we're off for two weeks. Um, because we're a seasonal podcast, I guess. <laughs> if you want to get into it, it get behind the weeds uh-huh. on the intricacies of how this stuff happens. Right. Some of us wanted to be a seasonal podcast. Right. And some of us didn't uh-huh. want to be a seasonal podcast. Are some of us who didn't recording right now? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we acquiesce to the divas of the group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some you know. people have to have their way and that's okay. Yeah. That's and fine. they're not here to defend themselves. So get them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in Anaheim for VidCon because we're both... We're content creators, um, and we're, uh, you know, VidCon brought to you by TikTok. Um, it's been weird so far. Yeah, so we're uh, recording this in my hotel room at the Hyatt yeah. Regency. Now, not because we wanted to. Mm-hmm. We did a loop around the whole uh, compound trying to find anywhere. Compound's a good word for We could go. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, way too much audio texture. Uh, there was way, and too much visual vomit. There was a lot to look at and listen to, and none of it was good for the show or for us as human people. No, um, we were talking about VidCon as sort of a like an idea, like as a convention or whatever, because it was always a YouTube thing, and now yeah. it's a TikTok thing. Yes, which makes sense. I mean, that's definitely that's like the predominant social media at the moment but you can see the people who are here at jeff is at the uh uh, content creator hotel the talent hotel it's like closed to the public it is oh we had to go uh, walking in circles to find out where to get a badge it took me i was able to help you get through it because i'd I'd suffered through yesterday it took me about 40 minutes from getting dropped off insane at the hotel to getting through security 
yesterday. You just to get, with my bags and shit. You can't get into like we're not saying you can't get into parts of the hotel. You can't get into the hotel lobby anywhere into the hotel without we're wearing two wristbands and a badge. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like presidential security. It, it truly is. Yeah. Um, because if we lose any of these TikTok creators, God forbid, what would we do? Who would who would mimic a dance of mimicking a dance? I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's been so much. It's been such a. Oh, by the way, good morning, Eric. Oh, and we're, wherever wherever you are in the world, good morning, Gus. I hope you're having a great day and you're thinking of me like we're thinking of you. Uh-huh. Uh, it has been so much fun because I've been here for a day already. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm here with my peers, the content creators. Oh, yeah, the peers. <laughs> They're all uh, like, they're like, it's like, a, it, it, it's like, I don't know if you've ever watched the TV show uh, on HBO Max called The Other Two. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's about this brother and sister whose younger brother is essentially Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. His name's Chase Dreams. It's like everything that's funny and a parody of that show is yeah. going on in this hotel right now. It's, uh, I'm 10 years younger than you and mm. everyone that we were just in the elevator with was 13 years younger than me. And they're all probably rich. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. super successful. They are chasing clout and doing it successfully. Kudos to them. Yeah. Way to go. It looks this exhausting. Is, this has probably been something on their calendar for a while. Like, yeah. oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I've been looking at this on my calendar going, okay, With let's utter dread. Let's and, go to Anaheim. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been, uh, I've maintained a good attitude about it and I've just been kind of bemused by the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, where I was getting at earlier is my favorite thing so far on this trip has been probably the 25 minutes that I just spent walking around with you oh, trying man. to find a place to record and watching watching your honest facial reactions to everything you were seeing was highly entertaining. I have a hard time holding that stuff back where it's like, maybe I won't say anything, but I have a hard time like keeping like a poker face when I'm so like, like stunned by what I'm seeing. We walked to a pool that was owned by Facebook that just had like, like translucent rings you could take pictures next to two lifeguards at a, like an above ground pool. We oh, uh, we, did, we took a photo, so yeah, be sure to post. Yes. That, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see that. Um, you could order ice cream and popcorn. I think that there was. We went to a corner where we thought it was going to be quieter. It only got louder, and then there was a guy airbrushing slides. Yeah, like exactly as you would imagine, like what, palm trees and yes, your name and shit. Yeah, which which is cool, but. I looked at it and went, this doesn't happen instantly. I don't want this. Like, unless they went here, let me just sp- watch how fast I can spray paint a minion on this thing. Like, I don't want this thing. I went into uh, with uh, Sophie from our marketing department. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was giving me a little tour earlier and she was like, come in and get all the free stuff with me. And so I went into uh, one of these lounges earlier yeah. and I apologize. I don't remember who it was, but they just like, you write down your name and your social handle and then they just let you shop for clothes. Clothes. What? And you just like go get some free clothes. So I got like a sweatshirt and sweatpants for my girlfriend. Oh, I should go do that. Yeah, you should. That's it's downstairs. downstairs. Yeah, oh, cool. you can get in there for free. I can do it with this fucking badge that they said maybe. Yes, you can do it with okay, that badge good. that says maybe. Good. Or you can have my badge because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I think you. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Just Ooh, now we're thinking. Uh, you yeah, won't be able to get badged. back in your hotel. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, <laughs> we, can, we can just trade. We'll see what happens. So, anyway, as a part of this, that that's just to give you a little context for where we are yeah. while recording this yeah. and what's going on in the world. I just did my industry panel, which is... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, the... I don't remember what the exact title was, but it was basically like the uh, video podcasts are here and they're here to stay. And so it was me and a uh, person from The Roost, uh, our podcast network. Uh, I, 
you know, I'm a guy who uh, has three audio podcasts. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that that was. Uh, I'm sp- I'm out hilariously here hilariously ironic. I'm speaking on one tomorrow about how to break through in podcasting. <laughs> And I'll, hey, if you're listening to this, I'll just save you a trip to the panel. Just be consistent and then um, have more than just a podcast. There you go. Thanks for coming. You saved 59 and a half minutes. Way to go. It feels time. It really, like, um, it's nice. It's cool that they want to hear what you have to say about this stuff. But I was talking to Mega64 yesterday. I flew into San Diego before coming to Anaheim. Are they at VidCon? Fuck no. Absolutely (laughs) not. Um, we talked about what it is to speak on like these panels or whatever because they've yeah. done things like this. Derek from Mega Sixty Four teaches some stuff, and and he was saying like I have like these classes where people go like I have a YouTube channel, how come it's not growing? Like what do I do? And he's like, well, you have to be consistent, and you have to find your audience. You have to go in with something to say. You can't just be like I'm going to turn on. The, I'm just going to film myself. And these people are like diligently like writing notes about oh wow these are like wow this is great great advice yeah, yeah. and it's like. People don't intrinsically know that stuff, and it's really weird because it feels like that's not learned stuff that we had to do. It feels like that's just common sense stuff. Like you be if you're consistent and you have something to say, you're gonna find something. But people are like, "Oh, I never thought of that," and that's weird to me. I, yeah, yeah, it is. It is right. I, I. I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately in almost every conversation I have, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably generational, mm-hmm. and I think that what has gotten is my boomer, uh, my my Gen X explanation for this. I think what has gotten lost along the way mm-hmm. in this confluence of social media and then brand and personal brand uh, explosion mm-hmm. uh, is point of view, right? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, 20 yeah. years oh, ago, sure. when you started, when we started a Rooster Teeth, when Mega 64 started, it was, I have an idea, and then you build on the idea, and you try to figure out how to make it a reality, mm-hmm. and I think, and I say unfortunately, I don't know if it's unfortunate or not, but I think the the reality is now is that the end goal is just that to be a brand ambassador yeah. or an influencer, mm-hmm. and the, the end goal is just to get to the uh, very surface level Instagram lifestyle, yeah. right? But uh, somewhere along the way, the, the the point of view that takes you there has completely and totally been missed. Yeah, I, I agree. Nobody has anything to say other than I want to go to hotels for free yeah. in the Caribbean. I, but I, I think that I can't necessarily fault people who make content for not. chasing that or doing that because that's the way content's consumed. Yeah. Like people want to watch that all day long. It's It's really no different than... Being than kids, like middle school aged kids mm-hmm. in a backyard playing baseball with their friends. Yeah. It's like they're not going to make the major leagues. Right. They're just emulating what they're seeing. Yeah. I just think that uh, uh, the barrier to entry for social media and for, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know, influencer, what do you call it? Celebrity, I guess. Yeah. Just, just celebrity in general has become so much lower. Uh, and everybody has access to the same tools to do it mm-hmm. that I think it just it just seems like a natural thing that everybody tries now through the course of their growth yeah. as a person. Yeah, I think that um, there's different avenues for different things too, right? Like you have Twitch, like a more gaming-focused yeah. thing. You have Instagram, which is more of a lifestyle thing. TikTok's definitely like the Vine successor. There, there, there's different worlds for like these things, and the way they kind of come and go is 
it's a life cycle of things. Things mm. hang on a little bit longer, but everything sort of goes by like the wayside. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing that now with YouTube and TikTok, like the changeover, right? Like yeah. YouTube sort of getting ousted. I'm sure they didn't want to do this anymore or whatever. Like they're in a totally different like tax bracket now, like for, <laughs> you know, lack of a better term. Uh, TikTok is definitely like the, like a younger thing where you can get more one-on-one -on -one with creator than YouTube, I think was, uh, and so I think everyone trying these different avenues and finding success in different avenues just is the way that people consume content different ways. It, it, talking into your phone works really well for TikTok where it maybe doesn't work so well anymore for YouTube, right? Like it's an edited style and different things like that. And you just sort of find that avenue and go for it until you get bored or make it a job. <laughs> And how did we end up doing an industry panel right now? No, no. I don't know. I don't know. This is better than what anyone's paying for, too. That is true. Like, it's true. Whatever I'm going to say tomorrow isn't nearly as good as this. By the way, congratulations when it becomes a job. It's a fucking job. Yeah. It, I, like, I think that's a really weird thing. I think a lot of people get this stuff young. A lot of people sort of find success at like a young age you don't see like a lot of older influencers right yeah. you kind of you get on when you're younger and, and sort of whatever and i think a lot of people don't know if, it, if you make it a career if you make it a job to work in podcasting or video or whatever you might get hired at a young age and you don't know what it is to work a job and so the complaints that you have you think are sort of unique to what your little video experiences yeah. yeah and then you go work at an actual like a business and you go oh this is all jobs and I, you just have to like find the fun in like the little stuff like this like yeah i don't necessarily want to come to anaheim and talk at the tiktok convention but it affords me to go back to san diego for a couple of days and see anaheim for a little while and do a little bit of like work and recon here and that's like it's fun it's better than what I was doing, working the seven other jobs I was doing before I did this. You know what I mean? Like speaking of Anaheim, uh -huh. Eric, I, I want to get into this for a second. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of the direction I wanted to go with this supplemental episode in cool. general. Is uh, not to change the subject at all, but when we were setting up earlier, you mentioned something that I had n no idea about you, uh -huh. which is that you used to live in Anaheim. Oh yeah, I yeah, was yeah. under the impression uh -huh. that. Until you worked at Rooster Teeth, you lived every second of your life in San Diego. Oh, that's funny. No, uh, I was born and raised in San Diego. And then all through high school was like, I got to get out of San Diego. I got it like, this is, I don't want to be here. Why? Because I didn't know. Because I didn't know other places. Okay. And so I thought San Diego was like this bubble. And I'm like, I don't like it. And this is I like these parts of town and blah, 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 whatever. I didn't like certain aspects of it because I didn't know any better. Which is fine. You learn that with experience. So um, I applied to different CSU schools, Cal State University through here, Northridge and, and different places like that. I ended up at uh, Cal State Fullerton. I had a junior college professor who said, I think you do well at Cal State Fullerton because they have a great radio TV film like broadcast program. Is that what you knew you wanted to do? Yeah, I knew I wanted to do that since like junior year of high school. Now... You say Cal State Fullerton. That's uh -huh. a college I've heard of. Yep. Uh, is Fullerton a place? Fullerton is the next town over from Okay, Anaheim. so we're close to Fullerton. We are almost in Fullerton. So uh, I went to Cal State Fullerton and lived in Anaheim for five or six years. Um, I it was took you that long to go to, to get the Egyptian No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on the Tommy Boy plan? <laughs> I went to Cal State Fullerton for about nine years. Uh, no, I went, uh, I just kept living here because the rent was cheap. Mm. I found a house... 
that was attached to a bail bonds place in Anaheim. It was it was a vegan punk house. Everyone was like very like anarchy focused vegan. We're all sort of like pulling in the same direction, which is a good time. Very familiar with that scene. Yeah. Yes. So that was really cool. That was most of my college experience. My uh, room smelled like cat piss. So it was four hundred dollars a month yeah. to live in a room in a house. Uh, across the street was a Morisco's place. Uh, it was right next to the first Carl's Jr. Uh, that's where I lived in Anaheim. It was right up the road from Harbor, or right up the road from where we are now on Harbor. So I would come down with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, my girlfriend at the time, who we would just go to Disneyland because we had annual passes because they were so fucking cheap at the time. Hey, man, thanks for the uh, plug. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> check out annual pass, the podcast, and the thing you can buy at the amusement park. Um, so we'd just live here and it just go to school. I worked at a zoo. I worked at an IT place. I worked at Pier 1 Imports. Uh, like, weird shit. What did you do? Oh, well, first off, you worked at Pier 1 Imports? I worked, that was my first job when I moved, well, my first job up in Orange County. When I was a kid in the 80s, uh -huh. Pier 1 Imports uh -huh. was where fancy moms went to buy wicker. That's, it was the exact same, that's exactly how it was when I worked there. Yeah. It's like, it feels like a relic of the past, but I still have this reverence in my head for, for Pier 1, because I just remember being like, that was where you would go, like mom would go once a year yep. to buy the good stuff. Yep. You yeah. Know? The, ooh, the candles are on sale. Yeah. Like yeah. it's that stuff. I was the only guy that worked there really. There was like, it was mostly um, women that worked there. I don't know why they hired me and then quickly found out it was to lift everything to cars. And so my job pretty much was like, move everything to the front like because it was like okay like make everything look good and then when we have something heavy we need you to like lift it to the well, car they got the right big strong guy yeah for oh that. man yeah some about six eight <laughs> three fifty um it it was just like that was it I hated that job I was very bad at it but I found an old radio that was in the back so I would go to the back and I would listen to Padres games on AM and just wait until they called me to the front and then just go like lift stuff put it in cars. This episode's brought to you by Dad Grass. It's summer, lighten up. Dad Grass is great anytime. They can help you chill out before a big meeting or be a new replacement to that evening glass of wine. They're the perfect pairing to everything summer has to offer. Dad Grass is legal, organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dad Grass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints as well as hemp flower and variety of CBD tincture drops. So you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over. It ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Go to dadgrass.com anima to check out their products. Uh, whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com anima. Again, that's dadgrass.com anima for 20% off your first order dadgrass.com slash anma. You know, I was listening to a White Sox game uh -huh. on Sirius the other day. I had for, There is a charm yep. to listening to baseball on the radio. They're really, they, it, it really brings you back. Like, yeah. When I was a kid, even in the early 80s and late, I don't really remember the 70s in that way, even though I was there. But in the early 80s, I, I just remember like my grandpa sitting on the back porch with yep. a game on, you know, uh, and it was just like such a commonplace thing. And there's, it's kind of, it's almost, it's very whimsical. Yeah. I think that, uh, when the Padres are in the playoffs, which is happening again, which is nice, uh, I'll put on 
the well, local. season's not over. Yet. Well, all right, let's <laughs> calm down. Uh, tied for first. Uh, we, I put on the uh, AM broadcast. I'll put on like, well, I guess it's an FM broadcast now. But instead of listening to like the Fox broadcast because it's fucking dog shit, mm-hmm. I'll listen to our local like radio broadcast and because our local guys and it's like oh, it's so much better. Yeah. I love the pacing and the way that they kind of describe without being over descriptive and like let everything sort of breathe. It's nice, it's relaxing. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, that was I went to a lot of Angels games when I was in Anaheim because it was right over here and good time. Oh shit! I guess the Angels are here, huh? They Whoa. are. They are playing. Sh- Shohei Otani is somewhere among us right now. Uh, yeah, they're playing at home. They're at home this weekend, so the, oh, you could go can, see Mike Trout and Shohei. Go see and, Trout. And, yeah. Not Rendon, he's hurt. Don't worry about that. Um, he's hurt for the rest of the year, right? Yeah, he's out. He's that out. Sucks. Uh, I, they're in second place with the Rangers. That's how bad the Rangers are. That, <laughs> <laughs> the Angels had to lose 13 games to tie them for second. Jesus Yeah, Christ. the Astros are winning that division. That's so nothing. so you lived here for six years. Yeah, yeah. Five yeah, or right, six right, years. Right. Did yep. you like Anaheim? I liked where I lived. Um, I was in San Diego a lot because I was working with Make 64. Like, yeah. I was doing the podcast on the weekends and drive down and do video stuff and whatever. So like I wasn't in Anaheim a ton, but I worked here and I did stuff here and it was fine. Um, I liked the people that I lived with. I have a little pizza tattoo on my ankle Mm -hmm. because my roommate was this guy, Ian, who would just smoke so much weed and play Call of Duty zombies for (laughs) hours. And he would just go, dude, I'm going to give myself a stick and poke. And then he gave himself a stick and poke of this little pizza thing. So I always told him, I'm going to get the same thing. So I got the same. I have a friend, Richard, who gave me a stick and poke of the same pizza. Uh, So I have cool stories from that. But by and large, no. Uh, Like, North Orange County is kind of a, like, it's kind of shitty. So Well, shitty how? I'm California ignorant. All of the money is in South Orange County. When you were talking about the OC, yeah. that's all South Orange County. That's okay. all Laguna. That's all Dana Point. That's, that's where the all, TV shows are. That's where the TV shows are. Oh, I did a uh, I did an event, a charity event in Dana Point yeah. once. That was a rich fucking area. That's, Holy uh, shit. Yeah, that's where all the that's the coast and, and every you're asking where the beach is from here, and yeah. I went about 25, 30 minutes. Okay. We're not close. We're in this is inland shit. Like, is this called the Inland Empire? No, Inland Empire is more east from here. Inland Even further Empire, east. Yeah, it was so like Empire, an inland serfdom. Yes, in so this is all of Orange County, and then you keep going east. You take the ninety-one, and you keep going east until you hit Riverside, and you start seeing people who are like taking their dad's, like their stepdad's dirt bike on like jumps that they built in the back of the high school. Like that's, Inland Empire is where Monster Energy Drink comes to like fruition. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the metal militia. A lot of, a lot of Fox racing and meth. Like a lot of, um, a lot of punk bands come from a lot because there's nothing, there was, I mean, now it's nicer than it was, Mm. but there's fucking nothing out there, dude. Really? Like nothing out there. It was a dump. Like Riverside was it. It was called Inland Empire. Like you go north of that and you're in like, you're kind of like in the high desert where it's even like methier. It's like worse. And so it's really something. It's a, it's like lizard people, but not in the way where it's like QAnon. Like lizard people like where you are at the 7-Eleven in the shade and you have to go run to like the target. So instead of like driving, you like skitter across the parking lot. There's a place like that in Texas called Terlingua. Oh, really? Yeah, you may have seen like... Now you'll see them now that you're here. Now, now that I've mentioned it, but you'll see a lot of Viva Terlingua bumper stickers oh, cool. around Texas. That's like 
It's like the place where serial killers go to disappear. <laughs> it's like it's that's about like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's all shades of Southern California. I think Southern California is fucking incredible. Yeah. I like being from here was really special. Like, I'm really lucky, and uh, I know that now. But um, it's so big. Like, there's so much of San Diego goes from the beach out to like the desert, from mm. Mexico up to Orange County. It's huge. It's bigger than some states. Yeah, San Diego's gigantic, and that's not even all of Southern California. It just keeps going. It's fucking. It's big. And growing up here was really cool. And so coming back here is always really fun. Weather's killer. People are good. Mexican food's great. Hell yeah. <sighs> See, that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, I wish. I could say I've I have that experience with Alabama. See, I was born in Alabama. I grew up. I moved around a lot as a kid, right? I right. lived in Oregon. I lived in Florida. I lived, lived in, in Louisiana. Yeah, I, I lived, didn't know that. I lived in uh, just outside of Portland in a town called Beaverton for about three and a half years. I was there when Mount St. Helens exploded. Well, no way, really. Yeah, I Holy have. Shit. I remember it. I, I have memories of my mom and all the neighborhood moms, like in uh, surgical masks, uh, which sweeping the, like the volcanic ash out of no their driveway. No way. And stuff. Yeah. Dude, that's I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I loved oh, living in Oregon. Wow. That's why I would I that's why I still kind of um out of all the places I've lived, and then you know, I joined the army after that, and then mm -hmm. I lived in a lot of places. But I've always considered Oregon for whatever reason, even though I was only there for about three and a half years, it, it feels like my other home. Wow. Yeah. And like when I go to Portland, it still feels like home. Oh, that's cool. Um yeah, I would love to live there someday if I ever left Austin, but uh -huh. I don't think it's in the cards. But what about going back to Alabama? You don't like going back to Alabama? <laughs> yeah, but I just when I go back to Alabama, I uh, I love my family. Yeah, more than anything, uh -huh. I love to visit with them. I love to see them. I love to spend time with them. And and I hate Alabama a little bit more every time. Yeah. And after forty seven years, I've, it's a lot of hate. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I just I can't. It's a it's a rough like that's a rough go like being from down there. I have yeah. a friend who does some art stuff for uh, Rooster Teeth. My friend Andrew Douglas. And he's from, like, Cleveland, Mississippi. Starsville, Mississippi. Like, he's from, like, like deep Mississippi mm -hmm. stuff. And he loves going back for the spots where he can go explore in, like, the woods and the rivers and all that stuff. But he's like, there's just, like, nothing. Like, how are you supposed to advance a career yeah. there? Unless you're working at, like, your dad's tire shop. You know what I'm, like, you know? It, like, what do you do? What are the outlets or the inlets? Or, like, you know, what are the things there? I am sure... Where I'm from, I'm from Mobile. Mm -hmm. I am sure it is a better place than where than I left. Yeah, <laughs> I'm positive that it is. Uh, my mom is 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 a big fan of it. She's always sending me stories and telling me about little ways that it's improving, and mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I just can't see it or get over. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know? for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you mentioned that you had good and bad stories about your time in Anaheim. What is the worst story you have about Anaheim? Um. Oh man. All right, I'll tell this one. This is, all right. <laughs> this is one where we should, like, we shouldn't have done this, but we did it. Uh, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> a neighbor we didn't really get along with. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, we didn't get along with the neighbor that I had that we allegedly didn't get along with. When you parked in front of her house on the street, which is in front of a laundromat, um, she would get mad. It was just the street. It wasn't in her driveway. It right. Blocking it wasn't her. her property. No, but she got mad. Sure. She would come over and yell at you. And you'd be like, there's nowhere else to park. And then we got a roommate who only rode bikes. So then we got lucky. So we had two parking spots and we were great because there was only, there was at least three people in that house all the time. Hmm. Um, one day she really pissed off her roommate. So he dragged a TV out front and drank 
beer in the driveway and didn't even, like the TV was so old, it hardly worked and had an antenna. And he just blasted TV party on repeat on a radio. <laughs> and so she got out mad at him and fucking yelled and there was a big fight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He got a bag of bird seed and then the bird seed allegedly ended up on her lawn, opened and laid out everywhere on her lawn. So the next day there were allegedly birds <laughs> all over the lawn. Furious. She's pissed. She's pissed. She's pissed. She's pissed. She's yelling at us and we're going, we know, what are you talking about? Bird? I don't know. She called our landlord and it was like, they put bird seed all over my lawn. They did all this stuff and we we're like, oh, the landlord called me. She's like, hey, neighbor said you put bird seed on her lawn. And I went, oh, she said we put bird seed on her lawn? She went, yeah, you said you put bird seed on the lawn. Bird seed? <laughs> yeah, she said, yeah, she said it was, you, you said you guys put bird seed on her lawn. Why would we put bird seed on her lawn? She, I don't know. Hang on. I'm going to, I'll sort. This doesn't make any sense. Never heard about it again. <laughs> <laughs> and never actually lied or denied nope, it either. Yeah. Just, I'll never forget that phone call. Of just, just repeating it back. And then, um, we never talked to her again and that was fine. And it was definitely like, that's probably a story that I'm fine sharing because it's been so long. Yeah, now. that's fairly innocuous. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and that's probably fine. Um, I uh, it is funny. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I was remembering this. Uh, ah, fuck, dude. I was remembering this party I went to. It was a skinhead party mm -hmm. that I went to in Augusta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Non-racist skinhead, sharp, cool, cool. sharp, uh, traditional skinheads, yeah, sharp yeah. skinheads. This is back in the uh, early '90s, and I was like, I don't think I've ever told stories from this party. Oh, wow. And then I thought, like, I've probably got, like, three. And then I thought, like, oh, I can't tell that one. And then <laughs> I realized there's just a lot of my life that I just is yeah. no longer is yep. okay to talk about. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know, a lot of that past. stuff. Past. We Thank God we didn't have cell phones and social no, media back no. then. No, dude, see, like, I was right at, we, like, we were right at the cusp where we had flip phones and sidekicks. This was probably 2007, 2008, like, right around that time when, like, we were, like, really getting, like, it was fucking crazy. So it was right at the time where people could, like, record stuff, but yeah. everything looked like shit, so nobody kept any of it. So so it was like perfect. We got lucky. We used to have hardcore bands play in our living room. We'd move all the furniture out and then we wouldn't like charge anyone, but it'd be like, hey, these bands are playing here. Can you kick in five bucks for like gas or beer or whatever? And then people would bring beer and we would do that shit. Neighbors didn't like that either. Do you ever you ever been to a party where things start out good? Uh huh. And then they start out really good and uh -huh. they're like they go in really well. And then at some point you look up and you realize you're in a different party than you got to and things are very dangerous. <laughs> And you suddenly don't feel safe uh -huh. at all. And uh -huh. suddenly you're pretty fucking scared. Uh -huh. And then you're like, how did I even get to Augusta, Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> I don't live here. I'm this I'm not I'm in a I'm in a bad I'm in a bad way right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh you have to be I'll be straight. You if you have the one weird skinhead Nazi guy who's a friend of a friend of a friend and shows up at your place or a place where you go or what you have to shoo them away. You, yeah. They can't because they'll, it always starts out as one cool guy. One guy who's fine. Yeah. One guy who's, he's like, he's fucking what? Yeah, but he's not what the rest come. And that's when it's trouble. Don't give them an inch, <laughs> kick them out. Say, get fucking lost because it start. It will always start with the one guy who you're like, yeah, I think he's kind of, I think he's like a skinhead, but like he's, I've never like been a problem. Then he invites his friends over. That's when you have trouble. Cut it off before he invites his friend over. 
don't just don't let him. There, there you go, Eric Badur wisdom. I'm That's just letting. <laughs> I'm just letting you know what you should and should not do in the situation where you have a, a friend of a friend of a friend who might be a skinhead, or just a uh, you know, if somebody says, "Hey, hop in the car." We're going a state over for a party. Do you want to go? What? Dude, get a little bit more info first. <laughs> <laughs> How far was that drive? I was living in Columbia, South Carolina, so at the time, so what wherever the that was. Fuck. Yeah, hour or two. Jesus Christ. Yeah. For a party? Well, that was a, that was a show. Oh, I, okay. I was going to a show. I okay. was going to a. Uh, oh. Who was it? It was. Uh, well, I can't remember who yeah. it was. But a youth brigade. It was a youth brigade. Oh, cool. Show. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, it got shut down by the cops. Mm -hmm. And that should have been my first clue to get out of town. Because <laughs> when uh, there started, like I I was in a situation. You ever been to a show that it, it is on the precipice of riot? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was one of those. Okay. I've been in a show that turned into a riot, and that was br at Backroom in Austin. Yeah. That was brutal. Um, I think I'm, we might have even mentioned that on this. Briefly. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Um, I saw people get really hurt, and, mm. and that was a terrible night. Anyway, though, we're <laughs> so that's your story yeah. uh, about Anaheim. So then how uh, how did you get from going to college mm -hmm. for RTF yeah. to working at Rooster Teeth? So, I feel like we should get to know uh, yeah. a little bit about Eric. Um, I really learned that I had a passion for producing when I was in college because I didn't I learned that I didn't want to write and directing isn't my forte because I'm too short with people yeah. when it's a filming sort of basis because I feel like we're wasting time and we're not, but I have a hard time sort of jumping that barrier. So I learned that I really like producing. So I started producing the Mega 64 podcast. And um, and because you had known those guys, how long? Oh, I've, I've known those guys since high school. Okay. I've known Sean since I was probably in like middle school. So did you guys all go to the same school? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. We all went to the same high school. Um, so I knew, I've known those guys for like a really long time. Pretty talent stacked high school. Yeah, not bad. In terms right? of internet celebrity. Yeah, them know? and Dat Fan, the winner of the first uh, uh, American oh, shit, Funniest the, Man. The guy who the toppled Ralphie May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love when they bring up Dat Fan on Howard Stern. Artie <laughs> <laughs> would just Dat Fan. I also like when Artie would say ossified. I thought that was always the funniest thing. Oh, when he yeah. would talk about getting drunk. I, I was, was ossified. ossified. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to college for radio tv film learned i didn't want to write and then i was doing an internship up in beverly hills that was gnarly that was a drive um so you were living in anaheim and driving up to yeah, beverly hills it was like two hours every like two or three days it was pretty gnarly um but you know you're on wilshire and you're like wow this is like a cool experience mm. like, that that's a great story of like i worked at an agency in Beverly Hills, reading scripts, uh, Secret in Their Eyes was a movie that the company that I worked for acquired. It was a Spanish language film they acquired, and it won an Oscar like the for like the Spanish language thing. It was a whole thing. It was very cool. So I kept living in Anaheim and worked at an IT company. I worked at a zoo. I I just you know it's odd jobs. You just work odd jobs and mm. shit, and then doing Mega sixty four when I could. And then eventually I said, I don't want to be up here anymore. I'm kind of done. I uh, I just got, I'd gotten out of like a relationship and stuff. And I just went, I'm done. I don't want to be here. So uh, I talked to Garrett in Mega 64. And he's like, I got a room. You want to be a roommate? And I went, yeah. So I saved up. Think, I think I had 10 grand. I think I said, I, once I have 10 grand, I'll be able to 
quit my job, move down there, and I can live off that 10 grand for X amount of months or whatever while I can look for a job but do Mega 64 in the meantime. And your family is still there. Yeah, my family's still there, but I didn't want to live with my family. You don't want to go back no, and live no, 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 yeah, Because yeah. I had the means to not. Sure. So I went like, oh, I don't have to. Well, you were an adult at this Exa- point. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, did Mega 64 stuff and then just found a couple of odd jobs here. I worked uh, for a... Uh, electric like an electrician uh doing like the scheduling dispatch for them and just a few jobs here and there Mm -hmm. nothing like great and whatever and then uh i worked at razor the keyboard and mouse company i remember when you worked at razor yeah so how'd you get that job i had a friend who was running uh, he was part of like a little group they were all running like the social media for them and they were looking for somebody who they could lean on for like filming and writing and doing social. So they went, Hey, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah. And, uh, so it was like me and three other guys in like this office and it was just coming up with ideas on how to film a keyboard, how to shoot this, a new sketch and showing off whatever. So I did that for a few years all in the meantime, just going like, I got to get hired by mega 64. I got to do something that's like with them or I got to do something else. Cause like the razor thing definitely had like a runway. And then heard that, I think I talked to Barbara, Dunkelman at an anime expo and she's like if we needed a producer would you ever be interested and I said yeah absolutely and then that turned into meeting Patrick Salazar my boss at RTX one time she Barbara like brought me to the office met him and then months and months and months went by and he kept in contact and then he's like hey you is this something you'd be interested in and uh that's like the way it sort of snowballed as an aside uh for the audience um Patrick Salazar is a name you may not hear very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the head of our broadcast department. He started the whole broadcast yeah. department. He is w- truly one of the unsung heroes of Rooster Teeth and one of the best hires in the history of the company. Uh, and probably one of the most important people in the company. He in my is mind. the best boss I've ever had, yeah. hands down. And I've never heard someone who works for him not express no, that. It, it, it's... You always hear stuff about, like, I quit this job and all this yeah. stuff and whatever. It's hard because you have to get a lot. <clears throat> a lot has to mount up for you to quit a job because of the job and not because of the boss. Mm. Most people quit their job because of the boss. I don't think I'd ever quit Patrick. Yeah. As long as I'm working for him, I'm here, man. Like, he's so good at what he does. Anyway, I think he's very happy to be behind the scenes, but <laughs> I just like, you know, I just, I I, I want to give credit where credit's yes. due. And, and that's somebody who I think has just done so much tremendous yeah. work for us and has been such a phenomenal leader yeah. in the company. And I just, just take this moment to just say how much I appreciate him. Yeah. Oh, uh, because it's like, they're, awesome. they're, you know, a lot of the, 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 the camera facing talent at mm-hmm. Rooster Teeth soaks up a lot of praise mm-hmm. for the success of the company. Uh, and we certainly appreciate it, but there are so many people behind the scenes that deserve yep. it uh, in equal, if not greater measure. Yeah. And Patrick's uh, one of those people. Patrick hired me and it was like, I got hired and I thought, I'm like, okay, I'll just come on as like a producer yeah. and kind of like learn. And I got almost immediately thrust into like, like a lead producer role. And I went, whoa, shit. <laughs> so that whole first year I worked here, I said no to everything that was on camera. Hmm. Um, I be- remember that about you. Yeah. Because I knew I needed to establish what I did before I could do anything else. Um, but then after that, it was like, I'll do whatever. Like, yeah. cause then I have everything under my belt and I knew I could do the job before that first year. It was like, am I fucking cut out for this? What am I doing? It was like my first like real 
thing. So, and now it's just grown to this. So it's great. So that is the circuitous pass yeah. or path that took you from uh, Pier One Imports. Yeah. To, what was your very first job? Uh, my first job, I worked at Target. I was the first person who got hired at a brand new Target that they built in Santee, California, where God, I grew up. Awesome. Uh, I was the first one ever who got hired there. And then uh, I pushed carts. Uh, that was the job. And so I did that for two years, two, two, yeah, two years. And then I worked at a radio station for about four years. Really? I did uh, promotions and then, you know, you cart people, or, oh, you got to pick up this guy from the airport or you got to, hey, go drive out and go see like this concert, but hand out stickers, like that kind of shit. Is that what promotions is going to hand out yeah. stickers? Yeah. And it's, like you know, when you see like power 106, like the, like the booth out in front of like a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. Yeah. It's, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it was. You know, it's a cool job working at a radio station. Sick when you're in like your early twenties. What was your best? Because I know I have one. What mm. was your best non rooster teeth job? Uh, probably that. It was probably yeah. Station? I think working at the radio station was so cool because you uh, like I met so many people and got influenced by so because it was a country station, a smooth jazz station. And uh, the other one was like an alt, like the alt rock station in San Diego. So like you went to a lot of different concerts, learned a lot about music and like met a lot of cool people and got influenced that way. What was your, Oh dude, I worked at a video store in New Jersey. That's so cool. And it was around the time that like view askew was exploding yeah. and it was in the same town mm -hmm. where, well, I worked in at a video store in Eatontown, which was next to Red Bank, which is where Kevin Smith was. Uh -huh. And so film and indie film was a huge deal. And everybody was, everybody knew somebody in, in the film industry. Uh, it's kind of was like my introduction into this world. And, uh, and I ended up working through with view askew or interning with view askew through my connections Crazy. at the video store, which is wild. But anyway, I just worked at this video store and the lady who managed it was this divorced mom who was just super fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And I met the, and everybody that worked there uh, was like in their mid twenties and loved film. And I learned how to surf uh, because my friend Rich lived there or worked there and we would go surfing together every day. And you and uh, Gus can both surf. I've been surfing way longer than Gus. I surfed. I, well, actually I learned how to surf at, at Port Aransas uh, when I was like 18 in the army. What the fuck? And then I surfed pretty much every day I could until I was, uh, the like when I was in Jersey, I surfed, uh, yeah, daily and uh, when it was surfable. Whoa. Yeah, I was a big, big surfer for a long time. Um, and then I just like, I, it just, it's a hassle. It's a pain in the yeah, ass. It's, yeah, it's, it's not worth it's not, I, I, I like to eliminate the barrier to entry to do the thing. You know, that's why uh -huh. I like riding my bike now. Yeah, yeah. I can be on my bike and enjoying it in like 30 seconds. You don't have to drive anywhere to go do the thing. You can just, you're Yeah, there's immediate. no prep work. Yeah, yep. There's not like carrying your surfboard down a fucking long ass uh, hill, uh, which is what I always had to do at Darlington Pier. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I worked at this video store and the owners lived in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. And this part's not cool, but the owner had cancer. And so they never came to visit. Oh, so wow. we were just kind of left to our own devices. And it was a bunch of people that were like, I was 22, 23, mm -hmm. a bunch of people my age. And then a lady who was like 30, mm -hmm. who was a single mom, a divorced mom. And uh, I'll tell you a really sad story about her, actually, at the end of this. <sighs> Break your heart. And so it was just wild. And we were next door to a pizza restaurant. So we would, oh, dude, it was so great. We were in like a little shopping complex. We were next door to a pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. Across the other side of that was a sub shop. And so we would trade video rentals 100%. for pizza and yep. subs yep. all the time. And then on the other side was a tanning salon, which is where the dude from, uh, what's that Pour Some Sugar on Me band? Definitely. No, no, Warrant. Cherry Pie. Oh, okay, yeah. Si what was yep. that guy's name? The lead oh, singer. Fuck, I don't remember the guy's name from Warrant. Fucking Simon, maybe. Anyway, the lead singer from Warrant, he would get tan there. 
And so he would be, I would just be, I would always see him going in to get tan. And then I was always eating free pizza because I was trading it because the owners didn't, they, yeah. they were dealing no, with their cancer. Course. And then, and then we would like shut it down at like 1030 on a Friday night and we would just throw on movies and eat pizza and get drunk and just all hang out. It's awesome. And it was the single best, like most low pressure job I ever had. It's the job I had as I got out of the army. And then I eventually quit because I went on tour with a band. And then after that, I ended up moving to Texas. Mm -hmm. But that lady, mm -hmm. eventually that video store shut down because the owner sold it off. Yeah. That's too sick. And they liquidated it. And that lady went to work at another video store in a place called Long Branch, New Jersey. And uh, one morning she went in to open it up at 10 a.m., walked in the front door, un you know, unlocked it, walked in the front door. Uh, somebody followed in behind her with a gun, no took way. her into the back, made her open the safe, and then fucking killed her. Holy shit. Shot her in the head at 10.30 in the morning on like a Tuesday. What the fuck? For like 800 bucks. Oh my God. Yeah. And left her kid an orphan. That's fucked. Yeah, just terrible. Oh my God. That is really, really sad. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. Holy just shit. Just fucking so random and just like, I don't think they ever caught the person wow. either. It was just like God broad damn. daylight. Yeah. Man, this bonus episode's been all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great job though. Yeah. Uh, and I have yet to have, is, and I love, obviously, Rooster Teeth is uh, technically my first child because it's older than my daughter. Right. But uh, in my heart, my second child. But uh, I've still never had fun like I had working at a video store at 22 years old. You, you know what's funny is like, which is a joy nobody else will ever have. I, I, no, no idea. They'll have yeah, no idea. There was dead. something. There's no way to explain that. That's what I was going to say is like, there was something so cool about video stores where what you said about like trading the thing or whatever. Yeah. We did that with the radio station because we had t-shirts and we would, you know, hey, you're out in front of like a Kentucky Fried Chicken doing whatever, but there's a pizza place right over here. And you'd go over and be like, hey, what size shirt are you? I'll <laughs> trade you. You want a KSON t-shirt? I'll trade you for a pizza. And the guy's like, oh, fuck yeah. Here you go. Yeah, hell yeah. Dude. We should probably wrap this up. Okay. But let me tell you one Do it. This Austin be, story. This will be the last one. This the is last good. story. This is about Casino El Camino. Oh, hell so yeah. So this may come up again in the future. Just have to remind me that we already told this story. Okay. Uh, I don't think Gus will be too mad. So Gus and I, we would go to Casino all the time. It was our main hangout spot. We were essentially regulars. This is, let's say, well, honestly, before RT, but this it persisted for the first, like, maybe five years of Rooster Teeth. Mm. First five years of Red versus Blue. Uh, and so at I'd say somewhere around like year three into it. At this point, we've been like in the New York Times. We're on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Right. We've been on the BBC, on CNN. It's like stupid, the kind of coverage. and Crazy. We've got, and we're dealing with the fact that now like Rooster Teeth is, is a thing and we're getting recognized places. So we're hanging out at a casino all the time. And the real appeal to casino, it's a, it's a grungy punk bar that has a great... Uh, it's got over the top uh, like gargoyle decor, which is a, yeah. a little silly in my old age now. But I always thought it was charming back then. And it's got an awesome jukebox. But the real attraction is they had phenomenal hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Just really, really, really good hamburgers. Still do. Yeah. And I haven't had one in years. I should go back and get one. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm all about it, dude. The Pittsburgher. Oh, God, it's so good. However, um, so we would always go and order a burger. And the burgers are like 12 bucks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like... You know, burgers and fries get, is like, I don't know, 12, 15 bucks. And we would always go and order a bunch uh, of burgers. And then you go upstairs and you drink and wait an hour. It takes forever because there's always a line. Uh, and, you know, it's like for Gus and I to go, it'd be like, say, or, or uh, like 
35 bucks. Yeah. And so I would go and I would order a burger just like I'd been doing. And the dude one day was like, yeah, just give me like five bucks. And I'm like, okay. So I give him five bucks, get the burgers. I'm like, fucking, this is awesome. And I go and I tell Gus and he's like, maybe it's cause we're like locals. Mm-hmm. Maybe cause we're here so much. And I'm like, yeah, that's gotta be it. And it keeps happening to the point where I'm starting to get a little weirded out by uh-huh. it. And <laughs> it's happened like, I'm going to say over the course of a couple months, it happens like maybe 15 times. Wow. And I get a particularly big order. Mm-hmm. It's like for like five or six people. It's like a $70 order. Yeah. And the guy goes, I don't know, man, just give me 14 bucks. And I go, what? I go, listen, I got to ask you a question. Uh-huh. And he goes, okay. And I go, are you like a red versus blue fan or something? And he goes, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> well, yeah, of course you're not. You've got prison tattoos. Right. And yeah, a, yeah. You know, you're like, and I'm like, and he's in like a fucking like a sleep shirt and uh-huh. uh, you know yeah. just like drugged out. And uh, I'm like the cartoon. He's like, what are you talking about? And I go, well, I just every time I come up here, you just give me these deep, deep discounts, uh-huh. and I just don't know why. He goes, yeah, dude, it's a fucking industry favor. And I go, okay. And he goes, you work at Emos, you let us in for free. I I get you cheap burgers. That's how this works. And I go, for people who don't know, Emos is the punk club two blocks down the road. <laughs> And uh, I go, I, I don't work at Emos. And he goes, yeah, you do. And I go, <laughs> I, I really don't. I'm sorry. And he goes, well, you used to. And I go, I've never, <laughs> ever worked at Emos. And this like grizzled, probably like 38-year-old dude uh-huh. who probably looks 48, yeah. uh, just lived a very rough punk rock lifestyle, you know? He just stares at me. Uh-huh. And he stares at me for like, it was probably 12 seconds, but it felt like six hours, you know? <laughs> and just like smoldering, angry eyes. And I get very scared. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, uh. He just, he did this long pause and he just goes, you better give me the biggest fucking tip you've ever given anybody in your entire life. And so I tipped him like a hundred bucks and then I paid regular price from then on out. The greatest restaurant in Austin. Greatest restaurant in Austin. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. We have to do an episode from Casino. Oh, Canada. absolutely. We'll we do that on the back patio. We have to. All right. This is a good bonus episode. Yeah, man. I had a really good time. Yeah. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted the audience to get a little uh, a little bit of more info on producer extraordinaire yeah. Eric, who not only produces Anma, is also a fixture in the Face Jam podcast, is a fixture in the Face podcast. Mm-hmm. What other podcasts do you do? Uh, Rooster Teeth podcast. Rooster Teeth podcast. And, that's uh, the, I guess that's the, the OG for yeah, you. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, it was the first one that I really worked on. Off topic for a while. And I just sort of, I oversee all the producers. So if there's a show that's, if there's a show that's getting made, I've seen it through with creative and stuff. So it's great. We have a lot of podcasts. Oh, I don't, I don't watch any Rooster Teeth content anymore, but I listen to all these podcasts. You're, this is going to blow your mind. That's the content. (laughs) (laughs) You see those, those, uh, yeah. It's Ah. all that's, yeah, I don't really keep up with the new stuff, but I listen to these four podcasts. That's that's, an exceptional amount. That's the new stuff. (laughs) That's appreciate you. Hey man. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Hey, follow us at Anima Podcasts. Let us know what your guesses are for the name. We're going to get it eventually, I assume. Um, I can't believe somebody's gotten close. I uh, Oh, I have one I want to ask. I okay. saw I saw mention, but I we should wait for Gus. Yeah, we have to wait for Gus. Got to wait for Gus. Yeah, otherwise, we'll um, never know. There should be one more bonus thing. I might try to see if we can do something with somebody who's going to be around here that we can just grab and record something with them because we have a third mic, so we should try. Sounds Um, good. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, we'll see you guys later. Uh, Any parting words? Peace. Peace.